lie, y'all. Anybody feeling the post-Thanksgiving just slump? Because your girl is scruggling with a capital scrug. Like, I'm telling you what. I have been lacking all the motivation, all the inspiration, all just the, the positive shit. I'm lacking it all. We are going on sure fucking dedication at this point. Like, I'm telling y'all what. I don't know if it's the food choices that I made over the weekend or if it's fucking just, you know, trying to get back into a new normal or what, but your girl's struggling. So if this is a hot fucking dumpster fire, you've been warned. I say that and usually the ones that I think are going to be a dumpster fire end up being like my most popular episodes. So let's hope that this episode is that same way. Oh, also, if you're just joining in, um, hi, welcome to the Be That Bitch podcast. I'm I'm your bitch, Allie, who clearly is a hot fucking mess. Welcome to the shit show, party of one, me sitting here in my office, in my chair, under my Christmas blanket. You know, we're, it is what it is. We're just kind of, you know, our motto here is do your best, forget the rest. Like, your best is welcomed. So that's what we're doing. Anywho, what's going on in the world of Allie? I am gearing up for my, fuck, is this my fourth half marathon now or my third? Either my third or my fourth half marathon. Fun fact, the half marathon that I'm going to be running this Saturday is the exact half marathon I ran one year ago. And it was my very first one a year ago. So a year ago, this Saturday, I ran my very first half marathon. I actually did um, a podcast episode about it, like recapping it. And we'll do another one, just like how I'm feeling coming into 365 days of running. So a year ago is when I got like serious about running. And I was like, I'm going to start running races. And my last hoorah was this half marathon, like my last big challenge myself my last big like you know what Allie we're gonna leave this year doing something we didn't think we ever would do because 2021 was like the year that changed my entire life like that was the year that I reclaimed my life after fighting you know six months of postpartum depression I did 75 hard so I proved myself that I could go all in picked up running which I never thought I would be able to do and so I wanted to end that year doing something that I had never done something I never believed was possible like Y'all, when I tell you, your girl would not even run a quarter mile before six months before that. Like she wouldn't even run a quarter mile. But I was like, you know what? Why can't I? I adopted that mindset. Why can't I? And I signed up for it and I ran it and it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. I cried during it. I called Chris, like my husband. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Like my mile 10, my feet were cramping. It felt like I was walking on like fucking glass, like it was the hardest thing I had ever done. Like, I remember crossing the finish line, just tears streaming down my face. So anyways, I'm really excited to do like a full circle moment and run it again this Saturday. And then I'll do a podcast kind of like comparing it, you know, 365 days and all that stuff. It's going to be a pretty inspirational one, I'm sure, because I'm going to be all in my fucking feels. But anywho, that's what we've got going. So we are doing just a couple runs this week. Um, I did a like speed work and let me tell y'all when I told y'all this fucking week has been a dumpster fire it has I have overslept both days so Monday and Tuesday and when I tell y'all 
I woke up this morning and drank my pre-workout and then I just sat on the couch. Has many of y'all ever done that? You literally like drinking your pre-workout and then you never work out. Like I just sat on the couch and then I was like, well, fuck, now I got to get the kids up. So I ended up having to do my workout throughout nap time and I have to record the podcast during nap time. So, you know, it is what it is, but I just kind of like adapted the mindset. I was like reminding myself something I tell y'all all the time, right? The plan can change. The goal does not have to. My goal was to get my run in. My plan did not go as planned because I was a lazy lump of rocks, but it's fine. (laughs) You know, we adapted and we overcame and we ran and now we are doing this podcast episode. So I don't know. I feel like sometimes we see successful people, you know, like we see successful people that have done like something in their journey, right? If it's like they're consistent or they've lost a fuck ton of weight or, you know, we like put them on this pedestal. We think they don't struggle, right? We think that they just have it so fucking easy. We think that, you know, like it's all sunshine's rainbows and fucking unicorn shit for them. And it's not. And I like to anytime I can show y'all that it's, it's not not it's not sunshine rainbows and unicorn shit like it's fucking real life and it's hard and no I feel like no matter how far you get into your fitness journey how far you get into just fucking life in general how far you get to anything you're still gonna have hard days they're farther and fewer in between but you're still gonna have them but you don't let them define you, right? You like learn to adapt, overcome and push through them and you don't let them define you like you might have in the beginning. So just know that, you know, the struggle's never gonna go away. You're gonna always struggle. It's just gonna be farther and fewer in between. So the quicker we learn to get through the hard, the quicker we learn to like fight through the struggle, the quicker we learn to like bounce back quicker, the quicker we're just gonna, you know, be able to see that success. So anyways, that's kind of what we've got going on. I am going to do my book review of the week. Y'all, I have read some frigging good books. And, you know, I think it's because it like, you know, Thanksgiving break, I was just chilling. Like we were just, you know, we were straight up chilling. So I read a lot. So I'm going to go over my two favorites and then I'm going to go over like one of the most like I had my first DNF. If you don't know what DNF is, it's a did not finish. I have never DNF'd a book and I've been reading since February. I have read almost 200 books and I have never DNF a book and I DNF this book. So anyhow, my favorite book of this week is called Sick Crush and it was by Alta Henley. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, y'all, I have never seen this book on TikTok. I've never seen it on Instagram. And it was one of the best books. And it has been a hot minute since I have like read a book in one sitting or I have stayed up till the wee hours of the morning to finish a book. And this book literally started it, I think at like 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. And I stayed up until 3 45 to finish it one sitting, read the entire thing, and it was so good. It had a little bit of spice. It had a little bit of suspense. And then the plot twist, it had me saying WTFFFFF. Like, I was like, what the fuck, 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 fuckity fuck? Like, that's how my mindset was. I was, I was floored. The entire book, I was like, who's this bitch's stalker, right? So, 
the bitch's name is Corinne. So Corinne is a like high school senior, second time high school senior. She is 19. Um, she's in this new school. She moved from LA to, I think it was Black Bear or Black Mountain or some shit. Um, and she's like trying to figure out this new school and all that. Well, come to find out, she is like, has a stalker, right? Like leaving the doors open, scaring the bejesus out of her. Her car wouldn't start. So the principal offered to take her home. Well, once she got home, they realized that somebody had been in the house. Like all the doors were open. She knew she shut them because she has like this OCD about the door shutting. So they were freaking the fuck out. She has a neglectful ass mama. Like her mama is so neglectful. Like she would not answer the phones, nothing. So the principal's like, I don't know what to do, but you're not staying in this big ass house by yourself when you have somebody that's literally been in your house. So she went to stay with the principal in his house on the couch, whatever. Right. So that happens. Then they go back to the house to get her clothes. Somebody had been in there again, wrote the word whore on like her window or whatever. He was like, no, you are not going back here. Grab enough clothes. You're staying here over the weekend. We're going to try to figure this out. Well, you know, one thing goes to another and the PP goes in the PP and they have sex. Oh my gosh. Shocker. Right. With the books that I read. Um, and then shit just starts to spiral from there. Like it, you've got to read it. That's all I'm getting at, but it is an age gap of forbidden love. He's the principal. She's not, I think it's like, 15 year age gap or something like that. Y'all know I love me a forbidden love age gap. It's my favorite trope. It's the superior trope. I am, in my opinion, I know it's debatable. My husband thinks I'm fucked up for it, but it's fine. We're fine. Everything is fine, but you need to read it. So that book, awesome. I am read owned by the mountain man. So this one's more of an erotica. I don't think it had much plot. It's a really short book. Um, so it has like an insta love feel. So she is like, does not like, she's just young. She doesn't want to settle down. And he is like, no, fuck that. You're mine. I'm making you mine. You like, I own you. You own me. He's like a caveman. He is a mountain man. He like works on top of a mountain doing all the mountain shit. But anyways, so she is like, no, like you're a little intense. This is too much. He's like, no, it's not. It's just is what it is. It doesn't matter if we've been together two days or two months. I'm yours. You're mine. Nobody else's. He's wanting her to fucking move in after two days. I'm over here like, what in the actual hell happened? <laughs> and then he gets the broad idea. He's like, you know what? Well, fuck you. I love you. You know you love me. I'm like, whoa, we've been together two days. Okay. But anyways, he's like, he's over here like, okay, well, fine. If you don't think, like, I know you want me. You just won't allow yourself. I'm going to make it to where you have to have me. You have to settle down. He fucking sabotages her birth control, y'all. He switches them out for fucking sugar pills because he's like, if I impregnate you, then you're going to stay. You have no other option. I'm over here like we love a possessive alpha male. We love somebody that's obsessed with us. But do we love somebody that's so obsessed with us they're going to manipulate us? That is the million dollar question for fucking 100. Like, Okay. Anywho. So those are the, it was good. Um, it was super short. Sick crush was super short. So those are two really good books. I did read a quite a few others, but those are the ones that are like front and center in my mind right now. But y'all let me tell you what we are starting our Christmas TBR, um, tangled in tinsel. I'm reading it right now. 
holy hot damn. I'll review it next week because it doesn't launch. I got the advanced readers copy, so it doesn't come out until like the 6th. So we'll talk about it next week. But anyhow, let's get into the meat and taters of this podcast episode because we have rambled on enough, y'all. All right, so this episode is going to be, like I said, it might be a dumpster fire. It might be the best podcast episode we ever made. Who knows? But I have quite a few things on my heart. And then I pulled the audience. We pulled the audience over on the gram. If you're not following me over there, what you doing? At Allie Griffith. Come follow me. Um, But we pulled the audience and y'all had so many good suggestions. I thought we would turn those suggestions into questions and just kind of do like a rapid fire answer. But... I have to share my heart about something. So over the weekend, one of the celebrity trainers that I like that does the some of the programs that like you guys know I'm a Beachbody coach, right? If you don't, hi, I'm a Beachbody coach. And so we have celebrity trainers that each do like programs, right? So we have, you know, Sean, we have Amalia, we have Lacey, we have, you know, all these other ones, Autumn, all these things. So one of our celebrity trainers I'm not going to mention who, but you might know, went on this fucking rant over the weekend about health at every size. And when I tell you I was fucking fuming, I was fuming. So the synopsis, right? Like the the summary of this rant was she was saying it's physically impossible to have health at every size because you would not say that an anorexic person that's 120 pounds and doesn't eat is healthy, right? You wouldn't say it, but you wouldn't say somebody that's 220 pounds and eats like shit is healthy. There's no such thing as health at every size. There's just healthy. And I was sitting over here, fucking jaw on the floor, dumbfounded, completely and utterly dumbfounded that she missed the entire point of health at every size. She said this and flew over the fucking point, like not even anywhere close to the point. And I was like, do people really think like think it is exactly like this? And the answer is yes, because I went on this like fucking rabbit hole of people talking about health at every size and their opinions on it and stuff like that. And so I thought as somebody who is clinically obese, mm, I might be clinically overweight now. I haven't looked at the BMI chart in a hot minute, but I definitely know my weight is not considered in the healthy range. Um, As somebody that's like that, who works out seven days a week, who runs fucking marathons, who, uh, you know, eats relatively healthy as somebody who, if you would look at me, you might say that I am unhealthy. I feel like I want to discuss this topic real quick. Okay. Because, you know, when people just miss the entire point of health at every size, I have to sit there and say, are you just stupid? Or are you fucking stupid? Like, I really don't think there's another option. So the whole argument that saying you wouldn't say an anorexic person who is not feeding herself is healthy, just like you wouldn't say an obese person who is not fueling themselves properly is healthy. Correct. But you can have somebody, right? Those, both of those people are unhealthy, right? But you can have health at every size. So like I said, take me for example, I am 210 pounds, 200, I don't know, 210, 205, 215. I haven't weighed myself in a hot minute, but I'm somewhere around there, right? Which for me, I am 5'6", 
So that falls under the obese category. Like if somebody is going strictly off of the BMI with how much I weigh, they would say, Allie, you are unhealthy. You are obese. You are unhealthy. They wouldn't know that I have never had bad blood work, never had high blood pressure, never had high cholesterol, never diabetes, nothing like that. They wouldn't know that I work out seven days a week, can bench an insane amount, can run a fucking eight minute mile. Like I literally just did six miles on the treadmill right before this. They wouldn't know any of that. They would just say, you are unhealthy, right? Which is incorrect. I would say I am a very healthy individual. I eat my vegetables, I drink my water, I'm a kind fucking human, and I work out, right? But it is physically, almost physically impossible for me to be under 180 pounds. I have tried my entire fucking life to be under 180 pounds because that's what they say should I should be, right? Like I would fuck, that's even considered overweight. I'm over here putting like my my weights into a fucking BMI. How much would it even be for me to be considered quote unquote normal weight? I would have to be 140 fucking pounds to be considered normal weight. Like, I feel like I would be sick. That's just me personally. Um, But also, I've tried my entire life, but it's pretty much physically impossible. I mean, I think I've done an episode on the idea of your set number, right? So everybody has this set number for what their body wants to be at. It's kind of like your internal your internal thermostat. So like you have to think if your thermostat is on 40, right? Like not 40 degrees. If your thermostat's on like 70 degrees and it is 40 degrees outside and you open your window, it's going to have to work overtime to stay at that, right? That is like you trying to force yourself to be a different weight. Your body's going to have to work overtime. And what happens if your thermostat is trying to work overtime to get to that certain temperature when it can't get there? It's going to blow up, right? It's going to burn up and it's going to not work anymore. That's the same thing if we as some humans want to be lower than our set weight. Yes, we might get there, but we're going to fucking kill ourselves in the process and then we're going to burn ourselves out and then we're going to end up gaining it all back. So you have an internal thermostat, an internal set weight that your body wants to be at. And yet, guess what? The fucked up part is y'all, it might not be what you think you should weigh. So for me, mine is around 180 to 190 pounds. And that's still pushing it to get to me. Like it's hard for my body to go anywhere under 200 pounds. It just is like I'm 205 and I've been 205 for a hot minute. Like it just is what it is, but I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter to me. But the fact that somebody is saying you can't be healthy unless you are this healthy weight is fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit and we're not subscribing to it. Yes, there are unhealthy people that are morbidly obese, but there are still healthy people that could be considered obese on the BMI chart. Just like there are healthy people that could weigh 140 pounds and there are unhealthy people that could weigh 140 pounds. I'm sure we all have a friend, right? We all have a friend that we like envy or we did at one point. We're like, I just wish I could be as skinny as her and eat whatever the fuck I want because they literally eat Taco Bell five days a week or they fucking have never worked out a day in their life and they are just naturally skinny because they have a very high metabolism, right? And we sit there and envy them and we 
you're like gripe about it because we just want to be naturally skinny or whatever the case may be. But they could be so fucking unhealthy. Like they could get diabetes. They could have high cholesterol just because they are a healthy weight does not mean they are healthy. Just like somebody, if they have an unhealthy weight, does not mean they are unhealthy. And so I'm just going to have to call bullshit on that celebrity trainer, okay? And I will never follow that person again. And I probably will never do one of her programs again simply because I can't deal with ignorance. Like, I know that's probably petty of me. It is what it is. But that's fucking ignorant. And I am almost embarrassed, embarrassed that this person is a part of the company that I love and the company that I am proud to represent because, you know, we, we've gone away from the before and afters. We've gone away from the, you know, 30 day programs and the instant results and all this. And we're just going into like healthy, sustainable journey. And I love that. I'm here for it. I'm here because literally Beachbody is changing to body and the whole statement is you can have health at every size. It's about the journey. It's about, you know, falling in love with the person you are and she's literally contradicting every single thing. So regardless, that's my rant. I just want to let you know that even if your BMI says you're not, even if your weight says you're not, as long as you are taking care of yourself, as long as you are eating the things you know you need to eat and moving your body the way you know you need to move your body, don't fucking subscribe to that bullshit. You, my friend, are healthy. Okay, feel like that's enough for that rant. So let's get to some of the questions and let's go ahead and, you know, answer them. All right, so the first question is, how do you enjoy like exercise and nutrition and be consistent at it without becoming obsessed? So this is my two cents, y'all, and I know, take it for what it is, grain of salt, what the fuck ever. I truly believe it is okay with becoming obsessed. I feel like so many people put this bad rap on becoming obsessed. Now, it is not okay to become obsessed with the wrong thing, especially if it's driving you into a negative like spiral, right? So becoming obsessed with losing weight, becoming obsessed with the number on the scale, that can negatively impact your life. Becoming obsessed with, you know, being perfect, that can negatively impact your life. But I don't see how it can negatively impact your life that you become obsessed with being the best version of yourself. You become obsessed with moving your body and enjoying the movement. You become obsessed with feeling better than you did the day before. You becoming obsessed with proving yourself wrong. You become obsessed with being your best self. Like I don't see what's wrong in it. Like I truly am obsessed with being better than I was yesterday, with showing up for myself, with you know, being the best version of myself. And I don't think that's wrong. So I think it's maybe important to reframe your mindset around being obsessed, right? Being obsessed just means that you are putting your all into it, that it is consuming you. And I am sorry, there are worse things to consume you than to being wanting to be better than you were, to wanting to show up and be your best self. So maybe you're just becoming obsessed with the wrong things. And so, uh, you know, if you're thinking, gosh, I'm just so obsessed with the number on the scale, how do I beat that obsession? 
don't step on the scale. Literally, if I realize that I'm becoming obsessed and fixated on something that is unhealthy for me and that I know can send me in a spiral, I get rid of it. I remove the fucking issue, right? If an alcoholic is obsessed with alcohol and they are trying to not be an alcoholic anymore, do you think they still have the alcohol in the house? No. So if you're obsessed with the scale and it is a negative obsession and you're you know, it's deterring you or whatever the case may be, then pick the scale up, throw the bitch away and move on with your day. The same thing with if you're becoming obsessed with like your, like, what are those fucking things? Your rings on your Apple watch. I used to be, oh my God, it used to be so toxic how obsessed I was. I would literally at the end of the night be walking in fucking circles by my bed because I wanted to make sure I got all my steps in and I was like a hundred steps short. I was so obsessed with it to the point where it was consuming me and it was not a positive obsession. And so you know what I did? I took my Apple watch off and I removed it from the equation for a while. If you're the same way, right? And I think there was actually somebody who was, um, asking that question. Yeah. About the Apple watch, <laughs> literally just take it off your wrist and just go without it. So I think it's all about asking yourself if this thing that you're obsessed with is a positive obsession or a negative obsession. And if it's a negative obsession and you aren't proud of it, or it's not moving you forward in your journey, it's holding you back, then you've got to find a way to remove it or to work through it. And maybe it's just replacing that with something else. But that is my refrain take on it. You know, I am, I feel like so many people are like, you, you can't do these things in extreme. Like, right, you have to have your rest days and you can't do this and you can't do that. And if you become obsessed with it, it's unhealthy and you're going to burn yourself out. Y'all, I have worked out almost every single day this year. My goal is 365 days of movement. I have moved my body every single day this year and Others would say that's obsession and there's a way to burn yourself out. And I like to counteract and say, if that's being obsessed, if it's obsessed with moving my body every day and it's positively impacting me and I don't feel like it's deterring me in any way, then I'd rather be obsessed with that than obsessed with something else. So, you know, take that for what you may, but I just think it's all about changing our mindset and reframing it around and making sure that we choose the correct things to be obsessed with. All right, so let's keep it on this choo-choo train of fitness and all that. So somebody asked, how do you come back from major health issues slash problems or diagnosis and get back to your health? So saying like maybe you got injured and you couldn't work out for a while or you had a major surgery. So like one of my clients has had um, shoulder surgery and she's been out for a hot minute. So something like that. My thing is... And, and again, take it with a grain of salt. I am somebody that I'd rather do something than nothing to keep that consistency. So if you are somebody who just got injured, right? Or somebody who just is kind of like out of commission, then you can do this. And this is what I do. I ask myself, instead of fixating on what I can't do, what can I do, right? So I like to change my mindset. Instead of looking all the reasons why I can't do something, look for all the reasons why I can do something. So for example, my client, right? Who had shoulder surgery. So she literally cannot move her shoulder arm. She can't lift anything. Like it's, it's a big major surgery. And you know what she's done? She, instead of thinking I can't do anything and completely check out for this entire time, she has been 
doing her 30 minutes of movement as her rehab exercises, right? She's been focusing heavily on her nutrition. She'll log on to our virtual gym and I'll see her with her bands doing her shoulder exercises. And now she's progressing way quicker than what she could, right? She could have, you know, folded herself into a little turtle shell and said, I fucking can't do it. I hate life. I hate this. It's unfair. And that's what a lot of people do. A lot of people, when they have unforeseeable things happen, they get injured, they get sick or whatever the case may be. They like fold like a fucking deck of cards and they do the poor me, whatever. And they don't look at it as an opportunity to redirect and to focus on other things. If you're injured, that gives you an opportunity to put all your focus in your nutrition, right? If you're sick and and you're like dead to the world that gives you an opportunity to focus on maybe 30 minutes of stretching or you know 30 minutes of your personal development maybe instead of working out and all that stuff you work on strengthening your mindset so you do more personal development whatever the case may be right there is always something you can do to focus on still being better than you were instead of shutting down and I think if a lot of us would start reframing our mindset of there's always something I can do, that shutting down should never be an option. So many of us would not struggle with the quote unquote comeback. So many of us would not struggle with the quote unquote, how do I get back to where I was? It's not about getting back to where you were. It's about becoming, figuring out what your new normal is and figuring out who this new person is. That is something I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, don't focus on who you were and how you can get back there. You can't get back there. You are not that same person, but you know what you can do you can move forward and that new person could be even fucking better but you would never know if you're so focused on getting back to where you were and so maybe you did fold like a deck of cards you did do the poor me I yada 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 thing right and now it's 12 weeks you haven't moved your body you gained 20 pounds you ate like shit you just whatever the case may be right maybe you find yourself on that side of the spectrum the worst thing you could possibly do is try to pick up where you left off those 12 weeks ago, right? Now, what you need to do is change your mindset of this is like starting over. This is a fresh new day one. This is a fresh new opportunity to create the new woman that I want to become. So what we're not going to do is look back in who we were and beat ourselves up and do the poor little me that I could be here or I could be there if I didn't make this decision or if I didn't make that. There ain't no use in crying over spilt milk and can't never could and won't never would. So get the fuck over it, right? Like move on. Don't focus on the rear view mirror. Focus ahead. That's the first thing you're going to do. The second thing is you ain't just going to try to go back to doing five workouts, six workouts a week, eating all these things, not doing this, not doing that. That ain't going to set yourself up for success. You've got to literally start with habit stacking, building those those that consistency back up because that's what I see a lot of people do they think well 12 weeks ago I was doing this and I was doing that and all these things why can't I do this why do I keep sabotaging myself why can't I stay consistent the answer is simple you ruined that habit you overrode that habit y'all y'all remember like cassette players or when you were burning a CD and you like overrode and now it's a completely new thing. That's what you did. You overrode whatever was currently on that CD or cassette player. So now you've got to rewrite it. You've got to recreate new habits. And the only way you do that is starting from ground zero. You can't go from zero to a hundred. That's not how this fucking works. That's a good way to set yourself up for failure. And so what you're going to do is you're going to want to go focus back on habit stacking. You're going to start from the ground and work your way back up slowly and steadily. And the worst thing you could possibly do is beat yourself up or compare you to who you were. Comparison is the thief of joy. Even if you're comparing you to somebody else or you to you, it is 
always going to leave you feeling unfulfilled. So let's go to the next question, y'all. So somebody asked, how do you get back on track? Like, how do you find yourself back on the right track? So my take on this back on track stuff, right? Like life, there is no track. There's just not. It's just you're going in the right direction. You're going in the wrong direction. The only thing that's standing between the wrong direction and the right direction is a quick all U-turn. So if you are struggling and maybe you're quote unquote on the wrong track, so maybe you're going in the wrong direction, you are self-sabotaging, you're allowing negative things to get in your head, you're not upholding the commitments you make to yourself, all these things. The best way to redirect that location is to stop, right? If you're wanting to U-turn, what do you first have to do? You got to pull off the road. You got to stop, right? What do you got to do after that? You usually try to look and say, okay, what direction do I need to go? I went the wrong way. So I got to figure it out. You evaluate, right? So you've stopped, pulled off a little bit, evaluated, then you get back on the road and you go in the right direction. And yes, it might take you a little longer, but you're going to eventually get there now that you're in the right direction. That is the kind of mindset we've got to take whenever we're quote unquote off track. And so once you find yourself off track and you're like, you know what? I know I'm going in the wrong direction. I'm ready to get my shit together. I'm ready to start focusing on my health again. I'm ready to start feeling good and feeling like myself again. What you're going to want to do is you want to get off, right? You're going to want to sit there and ask myself, okay, what does it look like me going in the right direction? What can I start doing that does not overwhelm me? That's not going to feel like I'm trying to do too much, right? I ain't biting off more than I can chew. What can I do to get myself in the right direction? You're going to create your protocol for getting back in the right direction. If you don't know what I mean by protocols, check out the episode two episodes ago. Um, there's a protocol episode that you'll be able to listen to, but you're going to create your protocol for getting back on track. Call it the back on track protocol, meaning it's basically you starting from scratch. So maybe that means you're going to pick up and do a couple workouts a week because that's what you feel like you can do. You're going to just cut out fast food because that's what you feel like you can do, right? You're not going to over overwhelm yourself and try to overstretch yourself. And then you'll find that you're on the right direction. Yes, it might not get you there quickly, but remember, we're not chasing quick results, we're chasing sustainable, consistent results. And so that is, you know, how I always do it. That's how I train all my clients too. I'm like, okay, so you found yourself not in the right direction. You found yourself struggling. You found yourself not doing all the things you know you need to do for whatever the case may be. Maybe you got sick. Maybe you let stress get to you, whatever. You let shit get to you that probably shouldn't have got to you. Now, you can either beat yourself up. You can either focus on how far in the wrong direction you are, which ain't going to get you there any faster, or you can create the protocol, focus on what you can do now, and start making the baby steps in the right direction. And then eventually, you will get there. Y'all remember, don't focus on how far you've let yourself go. Ain't no use in crying over spilt milk. You can't put it back in the bottle. You just got to pick up from where you are and keep it moving. Alrighty, let's go ahead and do one more question. Alrighty, somebody asked, how do you allow not allow social media to tear down your fitness journey? So this can be very, very difficult, especially with 
reels now and all of these other things so many people are you know when they do social media they're going for the woe factor because the woe factor is what gets the most locks it gets the most follows which then grows your account etc 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 so normal people that aren't in the quote-unquote influencing world they probably don't really think about this, right? They don't think about how long was in between the before and after or how they managed to get that before and after that's in 30 days, right? And so my biggest, biggest suggestions when it comes to following people on social media, anybody, anybody, fitness influencers, lifestyle influencers, other mamas, anybody is ask yourself what kind of feelings are these people evoking, right? I used to follow so many like weight loss pages but I realized that I was finding myself comparing my journey to their journey. I found myself asking, why in the same heck does sure before and after that are only 30 days look like that and mine don't? And I was beating myself up for that. And so you know what I did? I went and I unfollowed pretty much every single person that I used to follow that did like close together transformations. I am a true believer and I will never... Tr- I get this. I will never compare myself to somebody who only does transformations day one to day 14 or day one to day 30. I just won't. I simply will not because you know what that proves to me? That only proves to me that they can get instant results. That doesn't prove to me they can get sustainable results. And so you have to ask yourself that. If you're following somebody that's making you feel shitty about your fitness journey, ask yourself this. Keep scrolling back. Are they showing instant results or are they showing sustainable results are they showing their before and afters that are two years apart and they are you know consistent in their journey or are they showing their third time at losing the same 10 pounds because if they're showing that ask yourself this would you want a journey like theirs would you want your journey to look like theirs and if the answer is yes for that well then you got to ask yourself that right but if the answer is no which it should be because we're not chasing instant results we're chasing consistent results Unfollow them. Unfucking follow them. Delete them. Unfollow them. Block them. If they're family, mute them. I am a true believer in protecting my peace. But something I have realized a lot on social media is a lot of people are getting away from that whole like day one to day 20, day one to day 30 results, which is really good for a lot of people's mental health. Um, And they're going more long term. But even if you find those are affecting you, you don't have to consume that content, but at the end of the day, you have to be the one that will tear it away. So that is my two cents is block, delete, be very, I am very, very well acquainted with my unfollow button and with my block button. Very, we are like biffles. We are best friends forever. Like I will use it in a drop of a hat. Even if I'm going through reels and I see one that's triggering, I'll like, you can do it where you like forget this or, you know, don't show me other things that are like this. So that's something I would allow, I would very highly recommend. But at the end of the day, y'all, you just have to remind yourself your journey and their journey are not the same. Y'all are not on the same roads. Yes, you might be on the same destination, but y'all are taking different routes, right? So you all are going to eventually get there. It's just, you might be in a different route 
than they are. Um, and so just try not to let it deter you. I know it seems so impossible, especially when it seems like everybody's getting results and you aren't, but then ask yourself this, have I just not been doing it long enough or have I not been actually doing the things I think I need to be doing? Cause those are the only two reasons why you wouldn't be seeing results. I haven't been doing it long enough or I'm not actually doing what I know I need to be doing. Those are the only two options. So just ask yourself that. But at the end of the day, if anybody is making you feel less than, it's up to you to block them or delete them or mute them. Because sometimes they're friends or family and you don't want to do that. Then just mute it where you don't see their content anymore. Um, because that's the best thing you can do for yourself. So anyways, all right. That is all we have time for today. I hope this helped. I hope it enlightened you a little bit. And if not, I hope it wasn't as big of a dumpster fire as you anticipated or I anticipated. If this episode helped you at all, will you do me a solid? Because this is the only way the podcast grows is go onto Apple, leave a rating and review, just five stars, leave a little review. It really does help the podcast grow so much. It's the only way it grows and they show it to other people. It makes it to the charts and all of that stuff. Um, and it really does help so freaking much. Um, and then you can also share it to your stories and tag me so I can get your take on it and see what you thought. All right. Anyways, I'm going to leave y'all like I leave you every single week in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch. I'll see y'all later. Bye.